1: hey welcome everyone to the kingdom community show glenn blakeney here and we are live we are streaming all over the world on the kingdom community television network guys thank you so much for joining please go ahead if you're watching on social media on facebook or youtube and uh, do your best to share so others can join us it's going to be an incredible night my guest is becky fisher And if you're not familiar with Becky, she's an apostolic minister who has started a ministry called Kimi, K-I-M-I, which means Kids in Ministry International, all about training and equipping kids to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and uh, to be involved in doing all of the kingdom things that Jesus said that we should be doing. Now, guys, I just want you to think about something in the Western world in particular. Many of us, you know, we go to church and we give our kids an iPad or, you know, a tablet or something. And we just say, hey, go ahead and and just, you know, watch some videos, play some games, do whatever while we um, worship God. And it used to be back in the days you'd give them a coloring book or something, but that's changed. But nevertheless, there's still a sense in which we really just think that church, for whatever reason, the things of God is uh, just beyond our children. But what if God really had a an intentional a plan for us to see our kids connected with the Holy Spirit? You know, the Bible says your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And guess what, guys? There's no age limit on that. There is no junior Holy Spirit. The truth is the fullness of the Holy Spirit is available for us today. And Becky Fisher believes that we're living in an exciting time and she has seen God's children, literally young children all over the world, encounter the Lord and be used by God powerfully in signs and wonders and miracles. Guys, just before I bring Becky on, let's watch this video. Pastor Becky, thank you so much for joining us on Kingdom Community TV. And um, what I want to do is just before we really just dive into this incredible topic tonight, kids experiencing revival and really um, walking in the fullness of the Spirit, is just allow our audience just to kind of understand your calling. I mean, a lot of times when we think of, children's ministers kids ministers right those who lead kids church or whatever kids pastors we think of people are typically quite young right In maybe 20s 30s um you have not deviated in your calling i mean here you are now no longer in your 30s you look great but <laughs> but you're you're still pursuing this calling um of seeing children raised up, discipled, equipped. So tell us about that. How did you get started in kids' ministry and, and just what's the journey been like over the years?
0: Well, I can honestly say that God tricked me <laughs> because I was on the praise and worship team and I thought that was the call of God for my life at the time. Uh, the particular church that I was going to at, at that time um, was experiencing revival in the adult services. We were seeing people get saved, filled and, and all the rest. And as so happens so often when the Holy Spirit is moving, um, the enemy starts to move too and he caused some friction in our church. And uh, we let's just say we planted another church across town and uh, our, our congregation was left without anyone to minister to the children because uh, the kids pastor went with the other group. And so we actually went for two years without any anything for the kids at all. The parents would bring the kids, but they were coloring, they were reading, they were doing homework, playing with their ninja turtles. That's how far back this goes. And uh, all the rest, they were completely disinterested. And yet the Holy Spirit was moving strongly among the adults. And suddenly the Holy Spirit began to really capture my attention and, and say, "Look what's going on." The way I had been raised, I had I knew. Uh, the moving of the Holy Spirit as a little girl, as a teenager. And so I knew that the kids were capable of more than what was happening. Um, Long story short, I volunteered to take the kids. And um, but my attitude, I kind of had a rotten attitude in a way. Um, My attitude was, if I have to go in the back and do this with the kids, then we're going to have a revival back there, too, because I refuse to miss out on what God is doing in in uh in this revival and so that with that mentality i went back and i started teaching the kids the things that were interesting to me like hearing god's voice i was interested in healing the sick evangelism um um, prophetic ministry the gifts of the spirit and all of that so i just began teaching the kids those things i didn't really have um yeah I, I knew because of my own childhood experiences that kids were capable of more than what we were offering them at that point. And so that's how it got started. And it just sort of grew from there. Because it it, took, it didn't happen overnight, but I began to see children were responding to something more than just Bible stories. And then God just expanded my understanding of what was happening. And, um, and, and all the rest and I was a kid's pastor for uh, 10 years over two, uh, two different churches. And it was during those seasons that I really began to see the Holy Spirit could move powerfully in the lives of children. And so um, uh, towards the end, I just felt that I wanted to branch out beyond just a local church. And I was writing curriculum and um, already getting invitations to speak and going to the nations and stuff. And so I just decided to take a leap of faith and go ahead and do this so that that I wasn't restricted with having to get permission for every move I needed to make and, you know, permission to go on a mission trip and, and all the rest of it. And so I just started off um, following my heart. And here we are uh, 20 years later, we just last year was our 20th anniversary. So now 21 years uh, doing kids in ministry.
1: Okay. And what are some of the things that Kimmy has been involved in, in terms of, you know, your mission activities and in the past and currently as well?
0: Sure. Well, um, obviously speaking in churches and doing conferences and um, uh, camps for kids and kids activities, um uh, where we can you know really teach them but i've always had strong feelings about uh not just ministering to kids by themselves but ministering to the whole family so we would have family conferences rather than just kids conferences but uh beyond that um i write many uh, curriculums now i know that this is on radio as well so they can't see but i write books and i write curriculums all that have to do uh, with the things of the spirit, like one of them, I have 13-week curriculum on just hearing God's voice. A 13-week curriculum on God's supernatural kingdom, which explains um, the operations of the gifts of the spirit and 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 different things like that. So. Um, Curriculum and providing resource materials is a huge huge part of what we do as a ministry, then we began to get invitations as you know it's so easy to give invitations into the nations and we began to. uh, um, We began to realize that it wasn't good enough for just me to go out and minister, but we needed to train local leaders. Um, As a result of that training in the United States, I have a school called the School of Supernatural Children's Ministry um, in which um, we have graduates from all over the world. You can do uh, its correspondence. um, You can either do it online or by video or, or, um, you know, MP4s or whatever. But we have many graduates all over the world who then take what they learn and they go back into their local church and they um, they they begin to teach kids. What we taught them. I tell them, if you just do what I tell you to do, you're going to get the results that I get. And that's, we have found that true. That second, that third video that you showed there um, is actually our leaders in uh, the nation of Zambia. We're in several nations in Africa. We're in India, Philippines, Mexico, Australia. We're just in many different areas where leaders have been trained. And they're using our curriculums and our our, our our concepts of how to do kids ministry which is not normal um you know I, like I, I wrote down one of the things i was going to stick in our conversation tonight was uh, something that the holy spirit spoke to me it says if you're if you want to have a revival among kids you can't just keep teaching in bible stories over and over again you've got to teach them the deeper things of the spirit and so Um, That's what we do. And so now we have leaders in 14 nations, or is it 12 nations and 14 leaders, (laughs) something like that. But we have leaders all over the world who are doing kids ministry like what you saw in that video. Those first two videos, I just pulled them off Facebook. I don't know those people at all. Um, But the the third one that you played, the Africans, those are kids um, that are being raised on our curriculums and raised under our concepts and our philosophy of... Of ministry of taking kids into the deeper things of God, so twenty years later, I've got um, leaders here in the United States. We train many, many people, and testimonies are just amazing. And you know, part of the conversation that we want to have tonight, Glenn, is is um, revival. And what's happening right now? We see what's going on in Ashbury. We see uh, that movie, Jesus Revolution, which uh, was a uh, the Jesus movement. That was a revival that came out in the '70s, and and um, I was just graduating from high or from college at the time, and um, but with, with kids, it's a little different because um, unlike Ashbury or whatever, kids can't just load themselves up in a car and head off on an airplane and go to the local places, and so it's going to depend on the local church. Um, to, uh, to give them what they want. And I, I, I think about the terminology of revival because when you say the word revival, it means something different to just about everybody, or at least there's several different um, concepts. And, you know, the, the reviving, of course, means taking something dead and bringing it back to life again. So that speaks of the church. But among that, uh, some of the byproducts of that. Um, by extension you have salvations you have the healing of the sick you have the operation of the gifts of the spirit you have many other things going on Um, but um, um, the the interesting thing with kids is they don't get any of that stuff unless their parents are taking them to adult services because most of our kids ministries are just focusing on Um, you know the fruits of the spirit, the armor of God and you know the Ten Commandments and Noah built an ark and that kind of thing and so if you want to have a revival with kids you've got to do it completely different and our experience is that the kids uh, leaders go through our school they get all excited, they catch the vision of what can happen with kids and then what they do is they go back and they begin using what we've done, they get it started in the church and they experience legitimate revival, just like you're seeing in those videos in their children's ministry. But the adult church is not necessarily having revival. So then there's a conflict. Then you got a problem because the leadership, you know, we can say whatever. That That's a whole conversation of its own. Why leadership does not necessarily want revival in the children's ministry but it can happen in kids ministry when you bring them into the presence of the lord you teach them about the things of the spirit and you give them an opportunity uh to um, step out and and do those things so maybe i got ahead of the conversation a little bit but i just wanted to to bring that out
1: look i mean we're living in a time as you said there's just been this kind of resurgence uh, renewed interest in revival and um, you said Asbury and um, you know the Jesus revolution um, the film that came out you know we were in Australia last year in Melbourne in August and a revival broke out there and when I say revival it was everything that you just described salvations healings baptism Holy Spirit deliverance hunger for the presence of God people coming And it's translated into the kids as well. It's not just happening with the adults, which is so important. And so my question to you is, okay, obviously, if you parents, um, pastors, um, children need to experience the Lord, they need to know him, they need to be saved, they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they need to be used by the lord and and like you said the gifts dreams visions even the book of acts talks about that so what's some very simple practical things that we can do to begin to see kids um step into that spirit-filled life the supernatural as you called it
0: well there it's just not just one thing there's many things but um parents are critically important Uh, in the whole process and um, I try to encourage parents to you know be really careful about the churches that they go to because they can go to a a church where uh, the adult services and the adult pastor are phenomenal and they're getting fed and all the rest of it but that's not necessarily what's going on in the kids ministry and you need to be just as sensitive when you're choosing a church to go someplace where the kids can get ministered to as well. Um, a lot of times parents will just walk in and what they see is how well, um, I think I have a helicopter must be going up. Can you hear all that rattling out there? It's, yeah, it's making my window shades rattle a little bit. Anyway, um, it, uh, the what was I saying now? Um, Yeah, the church and you got to, you know, because just because you're experiencing revival and a move of the Holy Spirit in the adult service does not necessarily mean it's going on in the kids ministry. Um, I belong to many groups on Facebook um, where um, there's tens of thousands of kids ministers from every denomination that are members and participate in all the rest of it. And when you start bringing up, it used to be, uh, if you st- would mention things about the Holy Spirit or uh, uh, the gifts of the Spirit or anything, it was just like dead silence. <laughs> and then it started to get controversial. Now you're seeing more and more that are in agreement and they're doing it. When I first started this 30 years ago, okay, so doing Kimmy for 20 years, but I've been in kids ministry for 30 years. And when you look at that 30-year period, when when I first started, there was nobody. Almost nobody. I'm sure they existed, but we just didn't know of anybody else that was really teaching kids about the things of the Spirit. I could name on one hand the churches that I knew. There was a church in Minneapolis, a church in uh, Oklahoma um, and various places, but it just wasn't normal. Uh, back there, David Walter started coming out and he started talking about kids being able to operate. And I was influenced by his ministry as well. And some of the others, Willie George and Mark Harper and some of those in the early days. Um, but um, it, it's still, um, there's more and more um, people in kids ministry that are, are operating in the things of the spirit and teaching the kids to do it. But it has not always, and even with the more and more, it's still just a fraction of the um, of the churches that are actually doing kids ministry. So number one is get into the right church, okay? That's the question you asked me, what can we do? The other thing is um, parents need to actively be working with their kids in the home. Um, there's statistics after statistics that come out that say that parents do believe that they have the number one responsibility. Of raising their kids spiritually but how that translates is that means we're going to take them to church every sunday but even now today no nobody goes to church every sunday it's like if you go twice a month that's right you're a regular attender you know and so uh but the parents need to do this i just finished writing a book on how to raise spiritual champions um your video audience can see this but <laughs> Where do I go here? Um, but anyway, it's it's all about what parents um, can be doing and should be doing in order to to raise um, champions spiritually, and it all involves it's got to it's got to be in the home, it's got to be a part of the home life. So, other than that, children's ministers, we highly encourage them. Um, you know, and and the thing is, I can tell you that even Pentecostal Bible schools, if they go to Pentecostal traditional Bible schools to learn children's ministry. They really do not learn anything about taking kids into the deeper things of God. They don't learn anything about teaching them how to hear the voice of God, operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They'll teach them salvation. They'll teach them the baptism of the Holy Spirit in some of them, Um, but they're really not, they're just trained to be more administrators and that kind of thing. That's why parents are so important. So kids ministers have to really, from what I can see, They have to be hungry on their own to seek out. And the the dozens and hundreds of people that come to us for training, they're hungry. They can't find what they're looking for for kids ministry in their local churches or in their Bible schools. And so they're looking for something and they stumble across us and and. Then um, they're able to, to, to get it. Um, you know, curriculum is important because traditional Sunday school curriculum, and I'll say this to you, and I'll say, I say this when I speak in kids' ministry conferences. I'm sick and tired of Pentecostal churches using Baptist Sunday school material to teach our kids. You know, it's no wonder our kids aren't filled with the Holy Spirit or operating the gifts or anything else. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, even as I, even as a kid, I was raised on David C. Cook materials in my little Pentecostal church, you know, so this has been going on for a very long time. So anyway, curriculum is important. Training is important. Getting around the right people with right philosophy. Parents have to take an active role. It's in the home kids should be learning how to hear the voice of God and be led by the spirit. It's in the home they need to learn how to have dreams and visions and how to interpret it and all the rest of it. It's in the home they need to learn how intercessory prayer and how to pray in the spirit and pray in tongues and that kind of thing. So um, it's not a a short answer. I can't give you a short answer, Um, Glenn. All of those things, if you want to see kids moving in the things of the spirit, you got to do all those things.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, look, you know, I mean, we've got kids that um, obviously their parents aren't Christians and yet the church, um, some of them are connected to the church. I mean, it's not to the degree that maybe it used to be, but it's still happening. And then the church, obviously the culture of the church, there has to be a culture in the church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you said, we can have Pentecostal churches, maybe when we gather together with it. The adults come together. Maybe they they have prayer for baptism, Holy Spirit, healing, whatever. But then the kids go off in another area and those kids are not given that opportunity and they're not trained and taught in that. And they're not in that spiritual atmosphere. And I mean, that's got to change. There is no junior Holy Spirit. Jesus said, sons and daughters will prophesy. Or Peter said, quoting Joel. So this is something that um, needs to happen. And and, and I've been to places recently around the earth, uh, Australia, out in, out in uh, California recently, where God is moving among the kids and they're hearing the voice of the Lord and they're being equipped and intentionally to be able to hear the voice of the Lord prophesy, pray for the sick and so on, minister to, to other kids. But um, let's just talk a little bit about history. I know you've done studies on children um, being used by God, experiencing the Holy Spirit and the gifts in history. Can you just tell us uh, a, a little bit about some some of those uh, a- examples?
0: Yeah, because when I started, after I got into this for a while, I started, you know, um, one of the things that always bothered me is that you really don't hear, or read about children being impacted by the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts okay and so I've always wanted to know who do I go to to complain about that you know and you have to kind of understand the culture um because those were mostly house churches and so the assumption is that the kids were in Cornelius was filled with the Holy Spirit and his whole household um you know and so and yet there's nothing specifically uh written about that but it's always it's always made me wonder um, just historically, um, what, you know, how kids have been impacted by the Holy Spirit and was what I was seeing in kids ministry. Was that something new? Was that something unique? Was that something, you know, out of the ordinary or, or what? And so I've done a ton of research. Um, I've got a stack of books right here that you're Radio audience can't see, so I won't hold them up. But I've got books that date all the way back um, to the 1500s. Um, uh, and yeah, and, and actually I've done some other research too, because I wanted to know, you know, like early in the I do, I have a one of my sessions in my School of Supernatural Children's Ministry is on prophetic children in history. And so all the way back to the year 2050 um, after Christ, Cyprian of Carthage, who is considered one of the uh, Nicene Fathers, um, he wrote in some of his journals, he says, besides the vision of the night and by day also, the innocent age of boys is among us filled with the Holy Spirit, seeing an ecstasy with their eyes and hearing and speaking those things by which the Lord warns and instructs them. So they, way back in 2000 or 250, boys, he doesn't mention girls here, but he mentions boys were, being, were hearing the voice of God and operating in the prophetic. They were given words of knowledge. They were having dreams and visions and all the rest of it. And you can go right on down. Joan of Arc is really, you know, we went through the dark ages and stuff. There was a period of time you really have to hunt. And I'm always searching to see if, okay, who came after Cyprian? You know, who was writing about this? But Joan of Arc in the 1400s was actually 13 years old when she had her first vision of Michael the Archangel. Now you can write her off with all her saints and all the rest of it. But the point was, that she was led by God and she was having uh, supernatural encounters um, and it, it, it ultimately ended up uh, with France. Well, so you can go on into the 1500s. There was this group of, of, of um, uh, it was during the French Huguenots. Do you remember the French Huguenots and the war uh, in, in France uh, between the Catholics and the Protestants? Okay, there was a group called uh, the French uh, Prophets among that. And there were people in that that were training boys and girls under the age of 12 to prophesy and to hear God. And I have many writings on this. They were called petite prophetesses. That's French. I can't speak French very well. But they were at one time there were so many of those children that were going through the streets and prophesying and giving words of knowledge that it was upsetting the leadership. And at one time, uh, we have a record here in a book called Enthusiasm by R.A. Knox, um, that 600 of those boys and girls were thrown into prison for prophesying. You know, And so there was a major, major move of the spirit among those children. Um, there's another uh, group, um, it, this was in po- the Poland, Germany, Czechoslovakian area before those countries existed. There was a a region called Silesia and um, um, there was a a prayer movement that was started. Again, the Protestants that were getting saved and they were being persecuted by um, actually not just uh, the Catholics, but also the Lutherans were uh, persecuting them as well. And they began a prayer movement for the Holy Spirit to move and to break um, the, the persecution and all. Well, the children began to watch them. Pray and they began their own separate prayer meetings and I've got an entire, I've actually got two books on those children um, that um, began to have their own prayer meetings. They would go before school, they would go during their noon hours and I'm talking thousands of children all over that region, um, wherever they were. And, and there would be as many as four and five hundred children that would gather together as many as three times a day. And uh, the leaders, the parents would try to stop them and they just couldn't be stopped. But the prayer meeting, now i, I we're running out of time so I don't have time to give you the whole thing. But the, the prayer meetings ultimately led to the Huguenots being invited to move on to the land of a guy by the name of Count Zinzendorf. Ever heard of Count Zinzendorf before? Well, the rec- recordings that I have, that was the Moravians, the cor- recordings, the, uh, the the records that I have said that it was the children, when they moved on to that property with their parents, they were the ones who started the prayer meetings that ultimately led to the 24 hour, seven day a week, prayer meetings that we know as the Moravian uh, prayers so that's just a handful we have in the 1800s we have I've got a book look how thick this book is your radio audience can't see this but look at how thick that is this is all about the journals newspaper articles and um, uh, all kinds of writings of the children during the Scottish revivals in the 1800s who are getting saved now there's not much in here about the infilling of the spirit or healing the sick or those kinds of things but salvation and prayer and evangelism it's just this is nothing but children under the age of 12 to 14. you know uh, all the all the records uh, of, of that and so and then in, in more modern times how many of you read the, the book of visions beyond the veil a little revival that started over in china by um, um, uh, the baker h.a baker What's his daughter's name uh, or granddaughter's name? Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker married his grandson. And this is all about a revival that took place in a school. And it's profound. I mean, we could just go on and on. So historically, children have always been involved in revivals, sometimes with the adults, but many times all on their own. But in every case, it took adults to show them the way.
1: Let's just talk about, um, because I'm really wanting to see this generation equipped, as you mentioned, not only those who are in the church that work with kids, parents as well. And so for those who are just tuning in, listening now, uh, my guest is Becky Fisher of Kids in Ministry International, all about equipping children to walk in the supernatural, obviously to be saved, filled with the Spirit, and activated in the gifts. Not only for personal reasons, but to also, you know, reach out to others. And then what we're talking about here, though, is the importance of the home and the church working together. Obviously, if the parents aren't Christians, then that's uh, an exception. But what what's happening in, in uh, Kids in Ministry International now that um, at so many of us were not able to travel, obviously, during COVID-19, but now you're back. You did mention a book. So what, what are you guys doing? What's your plans? And then what we'll do is we'll do a call to action because I really want people to be able to connect with your resources, your materials, so they can begin this equipping journey.
0: Right. Well, um, we're very active in social media and, um, and that's where we get the word out. It's free advertising, if you know what I mean. And, uh, uh, and, and we're also continuing uh, to put thousands of dollars into training people overseas. I just got um, um, a message on WhatsApp from my leaders in Zambia. They're all excited because they just finished training and certifying 87 children's ministers in a particular area up there in kids in ministry. And what will happen now, some of those people will go to the same church. But what will happen is those people will go back to their communities and they'll all start a little ministry that we call power clubs. And so a power club is basically um, a ministry that is started by someone who's been through our training. Then we give them free materials. We give them free uh, curriculum. We even pay for them to get trained because they don't even have the money, bus money to get there. Um, and, and things like that. And so we try to, and then our leaders will go back and they will have a refresher courses to try to re inspire them and refresh on areas that may, they may be weak in or whatever. So this is happening all over. Um, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds being trained in the Philippines right now. Um, uh, uh we have, uh, leaders in, um, I, I can never remember how many Africa, I th- I want to say we're in five nations in Africa and they're they're really my, them and the Philippines are the most active ones, but we're down in, right now we've got a, a little branch started, not of kids in ministry, but of our school uh, has been uh, captured by uh, uh, um, a Pentecostal missionary uh, down in the Fiji Islands. And there's people just exploding with that vision down there. And so Training is one of the primary things we do. And here in the United States or depending on, oh, Russia, we've got a branch in Russia that's just exploding. I had no idea there were so many Russians around the world, but we're training Russians in Israel and Germany and Ecuador and Canada and just, it's amazing. They all speak Russian, so they're being trained. We got a leader there. And so training is probably one of the number one things and people can go through the school by themselves or we can give them a coach, a tutor to take them through or they can go like overseas, they do weekend conferences where they train these people. And so that's number one. The second thing is the curriculums. I'm continuing to write all the time. We're continuing to get them into the hands of the peoples uh, overseas. And I have a YouTube channel. Uh, It's been a little bit dormant the last couple of years because I was caring for my elderly parents. They were in hospice. And so uh, things slowed down for me personally. Um, but, um, it, we still have that channel. We've got 14,000 subscribers right there. And, um, you know, just doing what we can to get the word out. That's the biggest thing is we want people to understand that there is training for those who want to take kids into the deeper things of God.
1: Right. Yeah. So good. And may I just add that you are on kingdom community television as well. <laughs> So if you want to watch Becky and uh, her teachings, her videos on Kingdom Community TV, we'd love you to do that. Just head over to kingdomcommunity.tv. And uh, yeah, on the website, you can you can watch the lives or you can actually click on her channel under shows, download the apps, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Google. Uh, now on Samsung, you can download the apps. Yep. Yep and watch lots of great teachings and videos also um becky in regards to the training the equipping the curriculum all that you do i'm assuming that's available on your website KidsInMinistry.org. is that correct
0: right um they can go to the main uh, uh main site kids in ministry that you've been flashing down there uh at the bottom of the screen and if they if they look um there there's different links that they can go to different trainings it also have links to the different nations uh that we have leadership in uh if they're if they're in a different country like we've got leaders in poland we've got leaders in um um you know in various places so they can go and see and find where they can connect with um uh, a kids and ministry leader in their part of the world, and but then as far as the school, uh, there is also a link up there for the store. If they will go to the store, it will take them to the training section, and there it and there's various ways. Some people, um, it's a forty five hour course, so uh, it's it's not for the faint of heart. But there's three parts to it, so you can you don't have to do the whole course. You can do just what you want. The first course is for children's ministry basics all about um, how, to, how to set up a kid's ministry where you're teaching them the things of the Spirit. The second one is about if you wanna go deeper and equipping kids to walk, uh, it's supernatural equipping. The third one is for parents. And so um, uh, they can just do the ones that they want. And if they can't afford even to do it um, in, the, in the breakdowns, they can just download one lesson at a time and they can still go through the course that way as they can afford it. So yeah, they go to our store. And then, then there is also, if they want to do it online, if they've got good internet service, um, then if they just go to sscmkimmy.org, that's the website for the online course. Okay. School of Supernatural Children's Ministry, SSCM, and then kimmy.org.
1: So, sscmkimi.org.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that'll take them to the online course.
1: Awesome. So good. Wow. Lots of good stuff there, guys. Check it out. And please uh, go head over to kidsinministry.org. sscmkimi.org is the uh, School of Ministry website for training and equipping. And again, my guest tonight has been Becky Fisher of Kids in Ministry International. And um, Becky, what an honor to have you with us. Thank you so much and really appreciate what you carry. Such a critical ministry. And I really believe we're heading into a time when we are going to see the glory of God. Just really come back to the church, you know, and in a greater way. Obviously, there are those who, who don't want it or they don't understand it. But guys, the Lord wants us to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit and children need it desperately we we're in a season where kids you know gen z alpha generation guys they need god more than ever before as you know all the challenges that are before us in the earth and the answer is not just jesus the historical jesus but jesus who lives in the power of the resurrection jesus that changes lives that sets people free, that delivers them, and 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 so on. Becky, anything you want to say in closing?
0: Yeah, you alluded to the kids that come to our churches that don't have Christian parents. And we didn't really go into that. But I do want to say something, because um, there was a three-year period here in Bismarck where I started a power club, of my own outside of a local church. Cause at that time I was traveling, I, I couldn't, I wasn't really connected to a local church and there were a lot of parents that heard what I was doing with kids. And so, um, they asked me to, to start a ministry. And so I did, and it ended up that, um, just long story short, we ended up going, this was down in Mandan, which is a, a twin city of Bismarck. And it's, it's, um, uh, A lot of Native Americans and all live down there. And we ended up going through some of the trailer parks and picking kids up in vans and bringing them. Now, you talk about kids that don't know the Lord and don't come from Christian homes. I mean, we're talking about that anything you want to imagine was going on in those homes and we brought them in. And I want to tell you, I taught them exactly the same way and the same material that we did with the Christian kids when I was a children's pastor in charismatic pentecostal churches and I'm telling you those kids go away getting saved filled with the holy spirit hearing the voice of god being touched by the presence of the holy spirit and so it can happen now that the challenge is when they go home back to the ungodly homes you know there's not a lot of nurture there but the point is you can still Engage them and I have so many stories uh, of, of the amazing things that have happened with those kids who did not have Christian parents. So it can happen, um, it just takes the right leadership, it takes people who are really dedicated. And, and, and you don't have to go back to the old Bible stories and, and that's all they can understand. I'm telling you they'll get bored and they'll be out of there in a New York minute. You teach them the same thing that you teach the Christian kids about the moving of the Holy Spirit and His presence. We always make room for the presence of God in our services, and it works with saved kids and unsaved kids alike. Thanks for joining us today at The Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as
1: a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the Kingdom of God.
0: To learn more about The Kingdom Community, please visit our website,
1: kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.